0: I got bad news, bad news I've been rolling with some bad dudes, bad dudes I've been trying to get a bag too, a bag too I'm just doing what I have to, I have to I said mama I got bad news, bad moods every day Brand new, tattoos on my face. sad dude With a head full of rain, I just wanna make it rain Mama I will be okay I feel like I might break right now I feel like making the fuck a fucking mistake right now
1: Hey Knuckleheads, welcome to the Dopey Knuck, a podcast taking an often but not always humorous look at drugs, addiction, recovery, and all the crazy dumb shit in between. My name is Chuck LeFlanch, right out of the gate, guys. I am not trying to glamorize the addiction lifestyle, nor am I trying to minimize the seriousness of the disease of addiction. And make no mistakes, folks, it is a disease, and all too often a fatal one. Well, guys, it's hump day, and with now yet another change to the program, we're gonna switch over to a weekly format so as to better entertain you and uh, keep you informed and keep the message up to date. Wednesday is going to be the day that we are going to continue this thing where we unpack tips from a random website and apply them to myself. I've had some great feedback on it and we've had a lot of fun. So why not continue doing it week over week, right? Before we get into that, a couple quick messages here, guys. The Narcan kits that I've been talking about. If you don't have one, please get one. You can pick one up at just about any pharmacy for free. And I appreciate that you may never be in a position to need one. Uh, you most most of you will certainly never intentionally be in a position to need one, but you just never know when it's going to happen. I've given a couple examples of, over the episodes here of, you know, one fellow running door to door looking for a Narcan kit when somebody at the house overdosed. And another example, when my little brother, the dirty hippie, happened to have one when one was uh, potentially needed anyway. And it just it makes me think that, you just don't know when you're gonna when it's gonna happen around you. It could it could be a neighbor, it could be somebody out on the streets, it could be who knows, right? And the lives that, that get saved with these Narcan kits are the lives of real human beings. They're not just junkies, they're not just drug addicts, they are so much more than that. And I hope if I'm doing my job right and you've been listening along, you've uh, you know, you're seeing that more and more as as we do things like Memorial Mondays. Another thing I got to slide in there, guys. I love doing what I'm doing right now. I love spreading the message. I love having a laugh. I, I love all of it. And if I want to keep doing what I'm doing, doing I got to I got to pay my bills. I got to you know got to buy some groceries and all that jazz. I'm not quite at a place where I can uh, make a living doing this yet. So I am not too proud to take donations. So. If uh, you go to the website, there's a little heart there. It's for an app called Buy Me a Cup of Coffee. You can donate in $5 increments. Alternatively, if you live in Canada anyway, you can shoot me a transfer an e-transfer, sorry, um, at, at com. Keep the security question simple because I am a simple man, to say the least. And uh, every little bit helps, guys. It really, really does help, and I want to keep doing what I'm doing. So... Thank you for that if, uh, if you're in a position to do it. And if not, I totally understand. If you could share this, put it up on your Facebook, your Instagrams. I'm on both of those, you know, Facebook and Instagram under Dovi Connect. Anything you can do to help get the word out, guys. If I can increase my listener base, I increase who gets the message, and I increase the odds of making a living at it so I can keep doing it and more people get the message, and so on and so on goes the cycle. right? So i really appreciate it if you uh, take a little bit of time out of your day to do that. One more thing I want to talk about before we get into the episode today is Black Balloon Day. That is on March 6th, and it is a day to remember everybody we've lost due to uh, overdose and addiction. I just recently came across it. I wish I would have known about it a while back because I'd have been pumping this one hard. Now, in the old days, you would you know blow up some balloons and release them, but we don't do that anymore because you know birds and shit and whatever in environment. So for me, I, I don't even know if I'll buy any black balloons, but I'll certainly make that a day that I... Dedicate solely to to uh, raising awareness for overdose and addiction. So, guys, uh, I've created a Facebook group there, um, Black Balloon Day Canada. If you want to go over and check it out, and I'm also looking for somebody to help administrate that. Um, I've tapped the the time resource from everybody around me as far as this show goes. They've just got no more, and neither do I. And something like this isn't something that I want to do half-assed. I want it to be administrated properly and really taken care of. So, if you're good with Facebook. And you think you might want to contribute a bit, get at me, dopeycanuck at gmail.com, or you can hit me, of course, through the Facebook page, dopeycanuck, or through the webpage, dopeycanuck.com.ca. Both will get you to the same spot. And of course, you can get at me through the uh, Black Bloom Day Canada as well. So I hope to hear from somebody that's uh, willing to give me a hand there. Because I pretty much ask for all the favors I can from everybody I know now. Moving on. So for this week's, um, unpacking tips, we're going to do dating in recovery, um, in early recovery specifically. And I should say before we get into all the tips here, most of the literature is very clear that you're not to do it in your first year, right? I mean, the 12-step stuff, anything that I've read, and I have a pretty low exposure to all of it as well, so I have to be careful about pretending like I know something about something and I don't. But um, it's very common opinion and probably the prevalent opinion is to just not date in your first year. So when I'm talking about my experiences, guys, I don't want anybody to feel like I am giving any sort of advice in any way, shape, or form. Uh, If you're on a program and your sponsor or whoever, your recovery coach, is telling you that you shouldn't date, then I would fucking take their advice never take my advice, right? (laughs) Jesus, don't take my advice in your recovery and don't take my advice in, in your dating life either, for that matter. So here's a double whammy, right? Anyway. Moving on, I have Googled but not uh, looked at the results. I, well, I, I picked one just because of time and all of that. But um, And I Googled the liferecoverygroups.com is, uh, is the page that I landed on here. 10 tips for dating after addiction. So... I will read verbatim. I will paraphrase when I feel it's appropriate. We'll go through this list one after one, and all we're doing here, guys, is how it applies to me in my unique situation, or how I feel it applies to me in my unique situation. Keeping in mind, this is a this is a podcast. It's meant to entertain, not just inform. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily take all of it too seriously. And and you know, whatever your recovery journey is, stay on your recovery journey. Do not let me influence in any way, shape, or form. So, let's get into it. Well, this website starts off with a quick little blurb here. Are you in recovery? Would you like to date but don't want to be a disaster? Don't want it to be a disaster. Is it possible to develop a healthy dating life after addiction? Here are 10 tips that could help. Wait to date. Let's just say you started recovery and are lonely. You think getting into another relationship will help you. It's easy to become addicted to the high of a new relationship. High in air quotes there, right? Right. So it's best to wait at least a year after you started a recovery program to, and have started your sobriety. So just like I said, guys, the uh, the um, the literature always says to wait or usually says to wait. And um, in my case, I started my recovery journey, well, just over a year ago now. I mean, I've had some relapses, so no, I have not been in recovery for a year solid. I don't know. I, I It's such a personal thing. Uh, or an individual thing, maybe is a better way to put that. I, I feel I'm ready to date. I just have to be very careful about how I do it and who I do it with, right? I understand that it's you know recovery is a fragile thing, and the last thing you want to do is end up you know head you know, feet first, head first into something and and it not work out, and the disappointment of that leading to a relapse, and God knows in in the past you know though I've never been in recovery when it when it's happened. Um, sometimes breakups have, yeah, sure, they've, they've made me go off a bit harder, a lot harder than I would have normally. Uh, it's an excuse for the demons to, to find their way in. And, and I like to think that I self reflect enough that, that I could see that coming. But uh, I do so cautiously, very cautiously. Number two, put your recovery first. So now that you've been sober for a year or longer, Okay, let's just jump past that part, shit. You may be tempted to set your recovery aside, but your recovery should come first, always. Keep going through the 12 steps and attending your life recovery group. This is how you create a good character and a sober and clean new life, which will help any relationship be healthier. True story, true story. Um, I'm not 12-stepping it myself right now. I've um, there's, there's a couple reasons for that, and maybe that's that's a whole other episode of actually getting into the different types of recovery. Um, for me personally, I haven't found it to be the, the route that I want to go and I'm having more success now than I have in the past. So, um, uh, but that is not to take away from 12 step and guys, that is, uh, it's proven time and time again for, for millions of people over the last hundred years that, uh, 12 step does work. So don't let, uh, don't let my opinion get in the way of that for you. That's most certain, right? Um, but uh, what it does, it does say, you know, put your recovery 1st Absolutely, Abso-fucking-lutely. There is nothing, and I do mean nothing, more important than my sobriety. I know that I cannot help myself, and by extension, cannot help others. This message doesn't get passed on. None of it happens if my recovery isn't there, right? So um, there is nothing nothing more important to me right now than, uh, than my sobriety, and I think that's a solid message that... Uh, That everyone should should take into account regardless of what system you're using um to to keep you sober so number three develop a good support system before you begin to date make sure you have enough support people in your life staying involved with your recovery group is an effective way let your support people know you want to start dating ask them for their honest input about dating and recovery Ask them as you begin to meet people to help with any challenges you may encounter. It also it's also good to introduce your support folks to anyone, to any person who you may feel could be the one. Now, this is a this is a slippery slope for me. Um, the support people. There's a couple things that they've covered inside this tip here. So, um, having support people in your life, huge, fucking huge, right? I. I'm, I can't stress enough how important um, my support network is for me, right? And I'm lucky enough and and blessed to to have, you know, a pretty solid group of people in my corner these days. So, um, I I mean, yeah, most definitely you want to have that regardless of what your dating intentions or wants or needs are. So, most certainly. Um, I don't, dating to me isn't this, this big Mechanical thing And that's almost what this Not mechanical That's not the right word Um, Like to let people know You want to start dating And it's It's not this process To me it should be A little more natural than that And of course I've never been sober And dating So I really don't have A fucking clue Like I've literally Never had A real relationship And been sober That's for sure Not completely sober Not the way I am now So This whole thing is like You know It's uh, uncharted territory For me But Um, And as far as letting your support folks, you know, meet people that you think could be the one, well, I mean, shit, anybody in my life is going to meet my support people because my support people are a big part of my life. So, I mean, yeah, that's a good one for the most part, anyway, for the most part. Um, The other part, well, see, there's one more thing in there that I got to cover. I don't believe in giving my opinion about your girlfriend to a friend or your boyfriend to somebody, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't. Um, I'm always of the mind that I'll back your play today, whatever that is. So if you hate the guy today, I hate him too. If you love the guy tomorrow, he's my bro, and that's just the way it is. And Just because I feel like people have enough people telling them what they need to do or what they should do, and most, pe- most of us know, we fucking know, we don't need one more person telling us. So I feel my role as a friend is just to back you whatever you want to do today and you know don't get me wrong if today's the day and you know a guy fucking lays his hands on a woman or she's had enough and hey i'll bring the shovel don't get me wrong i just uh believe that my opinion is best left until it's asked you know until somebody asks for it so uh number four establish physical boundaries okay what's this now Know that know what your limitations are. If you're recovering from sexual addiction, this will be a challenge. Even if it is in an area of recovery, entering a sexual relationship before marriage can create difficulties in the relationship. Talk with your support people about temptations you might be expecting. God's best is when you save sex for your spouse. And that might not be the person you're currently dating. So it looks like I found myself a religious website but hey it's it's supposed to be random so I'm not going to navigate away from this I'm going to stick with it um, I'm going to avoid the parts of it I think that are religious because it's not a topic I like to cover here um, the, the, the most I ever say about that is a god I'm not sure I believe in yet and you know that's that's my my choice right so okay and o sex addiction i've often wondered um, throughout my uh, active addiction life. If maybe I was a sex addict too, um, it was a big part of me being high. It was a huge part of me being high, and it's made for some fucking crazy times. But now that I'm sober and I don't view it the same way, I'm I'm, I'm happy to say that no, I don't think it is. I think that was more of a side effect of uh, you know or a symptom of of drug addiction than it was a you know a thing unto itself. It's just not. It's not something that I feel is necessary all the time, and I've, you know, as an adult, I've never gone. Not only have I never gone this long with being high, I've never gone this long without getting late. So, <laughs> so, um, um, and that's not because I've, you know, failed attempts. I've just, I've got other things on my mind these days that uh, that take priority, such as my sobriety, going back a couple steps. So, that's a uh, physical boundaries. Eh, that seems a little too, too, too churchy for me on that one. And we're just gonna. Leave it at that. Number five, date different people. It's easy to fall into the trap of dating only one person when you get back into dating, but plan to go on a few dates with a few different people. Some good places for meeting people include places you regularly go, like church, classes, volunteer activities, and sports teams. Ask someone out for a coffee or lunch. A casual meetup will allow you an opportunity to get to know each other. Well, I mean, that's that's some regular normie dating shit right there for you I mean probably not going to meet anybody at church but (laughs) because I don't go but and see that word plan I don't like plan not when it comes to dating I mean there's all sorts of reasons you need to plan in life and, and you know especially in your sobriety but you know it's just a plan to go on a few dates with a few different people well I'm planning on you know whatever, seeing where everything takes me. I'm not, and that's about it as far as the planning stage goes in in my dating life. Right. Um, if I were to find a person right off the bat, then I would, but I just don't count on things like that. So I'd say be open to different people, be open to dating different people, but the plan plan seems a little too regimented for this fucking wild soul. So moving on. Number six, choose wisely, getting to know someone and understanding who they are as a person takes time You can determine if they are a safe person to date and pursue a relationship with them based on your values. You can ask questions to discover if addiction is a part of their past, help them to understand the importance of recovery in your life, and see if they share similar goals as yours. This is where you need to heed the advice of your support team, contact with them, connect with them, and ask for help and listen to their advice. So, I mean, choose wisely. Fuck yeah, right? Uh, As far as... um, whether or not a person's in recovery and all that, I I think that to me that's some shit you want to get out of the way pretty quick. I like I most certainly couldn't date somebody who's in addiction right now. I, I wouldn't even consider doing that. That would be fucking suicide for me, right? Um, some pretty obvious stuff in this one. Choose wisely. I think that's as much for the for the muggles and normies as it is for for somebody in recovery. So this I'm not you know I gotta say this we this list is kind of weak, but whatever let's let's keep moving on with it because uh, hey it's not what you have it's what you make with it right number seven honesty is a necessity be real and upfront with anyone they date you have been working on your recovery for long enough and have told your story so this will be another opportunity to share let them know you struggle with addiction and are in recovery likewise expect them to be honest in return the right person for you will be someone who understands you're in recovery will not put you in a compromising situations and is open to you with their struggles so here we are we're starting to to overlap now but that, no that's fine that's fine honesty is a necessity and, and it is right for me i couldn't imagine you know spending more than 10 minutes with somebody that i was interested in in some sort of romantic capacity without them knowing that i'm sober right and and not fucking looking to change that for sure so um yeah most definitely and yeah i mean that's a funny one eh? because we're so in recovery you can be so passionate about it and to people that aren't in recovery that are just, you know, having, because there's lots of people out there who can recreationally enjoy, you know, alcohol and, and, you know, some drugs and maybe even the hard stuff as well. I'm not one of them, not going to be one of them, never going to be one of them. So, I mean, to them, it must get rather repetitive and tedious when you talk about it all the time. So, and, and for instance, some of my closest people in my network here still have a drink and still smoke a little weed. It's not something I'm into and, you know, and, and my, The ones that matter would never, you know, suggest that I do it alongside them. I just let them do what they're doing, right? And if I found myself uncomfortable, I would remove myself from the situation. But whether or not I could date somebody who was, well, definitely not somebody who's drinking regularly. Um, Just because, quite honestly, it kind of turns me off now. Um, Too much drinking is, I don't know, well, the whole thing kind of turns me off. So, yeah, honesty is a necessity. Most certainly it is. Number eight. Beware of codependency. Codependency can become a form of addiction in relationships. It's also another word for control. You have been working your recovery. This means you have learned about boundaries, working your side of the street, and owning your stuff. Stuff. Owning your shit. Come on. All right, let's, be, let's be human here. When you're practicing these things, you will avoid becoming codependent. And, fuck, they started a sentence with and. Right there. I just I cannot take you seriously as human beings anymore. How do you put that up on a fucking website, right? Anyway, and you will allow people to live their life without your control. You will experience a healthy connection as you avoid enmeshment as enmeshment in enabling others. Enmeshment. I've never seen that word before. That's a that's a Googler. Um, codependency. So. One of the things we learned about in the uh, couple stints of social detox I did was uh, codependency is is something that we definitely touched on. And which I didn't know, and it might be news to to some of you, is that there's actually like a codependency, it's called CODA, Codependency Anonymous Group. And best I could tell, and this is very much just anecdotal, this is my own experience and very little exposure to it, so I'm not trying to blanket or, or anything. Usually it's women that get into it and get into the group, though I don't necessarily believe that usually it's women that end up in codependent relationships. Far from that, actually, I think men are probably just as susceptible to it and just a little less likely to enter a group called CODA. That's all. But I had no idea it was such a thing, you know, especially in, in like in addictions and all of that, but it really is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I knew it had a lot to do with addictions. I just didn't know it was an addiction unto itself so much so that there would be a rather popular 12 step community revolving around codependency. So we learned quite a bit in there. One of the coolest things that we did was the the feelings wheel. I actually, I made it myself in detox last time for them. Um, like a, we, they were handing out a piece of paper with it on it and I, I made a rather large one for them to use, but a little project that I took on when I was in there. And what it does is it starts in the middle with some bigger feelings like anger and happy and, you know, excited or anxious or whatever, and then it breaks them down so anger might go to... Disappointment might go to rejection, or you know, like so it, it maps out your feelings with this feeling wheel kind of thing. And it was kind of neat. It was something to definitely take a look at, and it's something to to think about. And I often think about that wheel. Not that I remember the details because I don't have that kind of memory, but how the the idea of getting to the root of your feelings, like why why are you pissed off right now? What are you really pissed off about? Is it about rejection? Is it about you know um, your own self doubt? Is it about who knows? Right? So. Um, just kind of fucking, sorry, sidebar, went off on my own little fucking off the rails for a minute there. So codependency is something you got to be super fucking aware of. I know that much for the little bit that I do know about it. And it's not, it's certainly not something that I would want to, um, risk getting in myself into as a codependent relationship. I'm too much of a stubborn individual for that shit anyway. Uh, I think for the most part, but, um, Hey, I, I guess most people that end up in, you know, abusive or codependent relationships, um, start off as stubborn you know it's funny when I look at abusive relationships and at least my exposure to it every single woman tells the same story just just change the time and place and names and, and all of that and all of them are these smart beautiful confident women and it just blows my mind sometimes that you seem to be they seem to be the ones and of course it, I would never sit around and hear the life story of somebody that wasn't smart beautiful confident it's just you know the type of person I'm attracted to so Maybe I'm only hearing it from from those people, so I think it's only those people. But it sure does seem like some of the most amazing people end up in these fucking relationships. And there's a psychology there that I'll never understand, and and I'm okay with that. I understand that I will never understand. I've talked about that in previous episode at least once. But anyway, hey, before we go on to step nine, while I've been ranting here, I uh, looked up enmeshment. So let's see what enmeshment means. Enmeshment is a description of a relationship between two or more people in which personal boundaries are permeable and unclear. This often happens on an emotional level in which two people feel in each other's emotions or when one person becomes emotionally escalated and the other family member does as well. So, okay, it's codependency, right? And really, that's just funny. I've got a pretty good vocabulary, so like it didn't throw me off at all, but if you don't know what enmeshment means and you look up and they say with personal boundaries that are permeable and unclear, and I feel like, you know, you're just using big words when you don't need to there. <laughs> right. I know what permeable means. I just kind of got a kick that they would throw that in there like that. And here's a life tip for you guys. Never use a big word when a diminutive one will suffice. You know, if you're uh dating a pretty girl and you say that to her and you get a blank look that's a gauge on how long it's going to last right so and if you don't know what that means then you're probably on the side of not knowing how long that one's going to last anyway we go on understanding your triggers triggers are the things that happen which can cause us to use our old coping methods when we work on our recovery we will learn and have tools to use and address them it can be helpful to avoid the places and people who are triggers to go back to addiction. For example, if alcohol has been your struggle, it makes sense to avoid taking a date to a bar. Sometimes elements of relationships can reveal triggers. Truders, use past wounds, is an opportunity for healing in your life. Triggers just means there is more healing to do. So, this is, okay, this is all areas of recovery, right? It is you know, understanding your triggers. We've talked about that, I believe, in every single one of these that I've done so far. Yeah, Know what sets you off, avoid the situation. So whether you're on a fucking date or you're walking your dog or you're going to needlepoint class, what is it with my obsession with needlepoint? Jesus, I say that a lot. Anyway, avoid your fucking triggers, right? See, now they're, they're doing this low-hanging fruit shit again like they tend to do at the end of these lists. And Well, by now, if you've been listening, you understand how I feel about that. It's a fucking scam. <laughs> anyway. Moving on to the last one, number 10. Take it slowly. The best way to develop a he- healthy relationship. I'm not even going to finish this shit because that is just generic dating advice that they use so that they could get to the double-digit 10. I'm pretty sure that that's all that is, right? Um, yeah, right? It's like it's, it's like two fucking sentences telling you to take it slow. Like what, Our mom's been telling us that since we were 15, for fuck's sakes, right? Like I don't know why that angers me so much, but when they get to the end of these lists and... It's like you're just doing it to get to number 10. And if you're going to do that, put those ones up near the beginning and put the great ones down at the bottom so it doesn't seem that way, right? But what do I know? I'm just a guy reading this shit. So anyway, guys, that's our 10 tips for dating and recovery. And all in at the end of the day, um, recovery into itself is a very personal thing. Uh, whether it's the dating part of it or some other part of it, I mean, it's it's all so individual and, and personalized, right? I... Only speak from my from my wants, needs, thoughts about my own shit, and please don't ever take anything I say as actual advice, guys. Just do not. I mean, unless it's one of my like you know good advice tips, which I can't think of right now. But um, when it comes to recovery, stay the fuck away from my advice. And and as for dating advice, yeah, there you go. Years ago, years and years ago, the dirty hippie, myself, and my mother are all sitting out on the on the deck at her place, and the dirty hippie says to me, "Man, I am dating like." i I've got these two girls on the go. I'm not sure you know I think I know which one that I want to stay with and but i'm not, I, just, I don't know how to how to break it to the other one and you know can you what do you think and I says well here's the thing. I can tell you how to run the, both of this shit into the ground by never getting rid of one of them. I can tell you how to do that in a fantastic fucking crazy way. What I cannot tell you how to do is how to gracefully break up with somebody I'm not good at it I'm fucking terrible at it so here's the advice I'll give you. Don't ever take my advice about dating. (laughs) And that was it. And yeah, mom gave me that eye roll and wondered where she went wrong in life with me. But well, she's done that a lot. So I love you, mom. (laughs) Anyway, guys, Hey, listen, it is now time for my favorite part of the show. And that is for the daily gratitudes. Um, you know, it's Valentine's day right now as, as we speak, as I record this. So it'll be a day behind by the time you hear it. But, um, an appropriate one I think is going to be love. Love is a great one to throw in here and not in the Valentine's day kind of way. Cause once again, I find myself single, but, um, the, you are loved for my mother. Um, the love that I quite obviously receive from, from those around me. I have, I have two friends now who at the end of our phone conversation, and these are guy friends, we say, I love you, man. Right? Like it's, it's. It's a whole new thing to me—not um, new, but um, it's a great thing to me now to to really experience love outside of a romantic relationship and and in friendships and in you know in family and all that in a way that I never had before because I'm sober. So thank you for love. I think that's a good one for today and fucking singles Singles Awareness Day. Jesus Christ Day. Eh? <laughs> anyway. Uh, Another one now for today is my dad. I haven't spoken about him in some time. And the last couple days, for some reason, he's really been on my mind again. He passed away in October. And he was the catalyst um, for me finally taking recovery seriously. for, For finally doing that. And... I'm, I've been thinking about him a lot the last couple of days and how I wish he was here to see me doing better than I have ever as far as sobriety goes. I mean, I've done much better financially in my life than that, but as far as my mental health and sobriety and and my personal journey goes, I've never done this well, and I just wished, I wish he could see this. And and I don't know if I believe in a God, but if there is, and I, that means he's looking down on me, that'd be pretty fucking awesome, right? So thank you to Dad for that. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, um, number three is, it's kind of a double up on it. Hey, look, I'm acting like the lists now, but it's true is my support network and my friends. has been, it's been incredible. You know, I'm a lucky man. I'm blessed, blessed man. These, uh, people have been stepping the fuck up for me in a way that I never even dreamed was possible. You know, I convinced myself quite the opposite when I was in active addiction. So it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat a number and the last gratitude I hate saying the numbers because it sounds like it's an order of importance but it isn't it's it's just the German and me needing to to create order somehow Um, anyway the last gratitude gratitude is out to you guys the listeners as per usual every time you click on me every time you share it every time you tell somebody about this podcast you are helping me to spread a message that is so unbelievably important to get spread out there we need to get it to the masses and and you know spread the love and, and, and tell the people that need to hear it that they are loved and oh, all of it. You guys are making this possible so it's pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic indeed. So, And one last thing guys, if you are in active addiction right now, make today the day. Make today the day that you reach out to a friend that you reach out to a family member that you go to a meeting that you call into detox that you do whatever the hell it is you need to do to get the lifelong journey of healing started it really is better on this side guys it is so much better and if you're the loved one of an addict you've just taken the time out of your day to listen to my episode and for that I am so very very grateful but if you could just take one more minute out of your day and text that addict text him with a message you are loved that little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings him back
0: He's getting cold day, and I'm not scared to go, it will be okay, I'll find you another way, and I'm not scared to go.